Welcome back, everybody. Uh, thanks so much to Jody Queen. Uh, what what a what a great charismatic individual. Great interview. Um, really cool to learn about uh, kayak fishing and, uh, of course, introducing a new cash and rods line, which we're going to be giving away your choice of one of the new cash and kayak rods. I got to be honest. I love the paddle uh, logo on the yeah. new cast and rod. That is so cool, you know? Yeah, they did really good with that one. I love Justin's uh, background, by the way. And I want to have a <laughs> long conversation with Kat about how she could, how dare she put you against the wall. That's beautiful. <laughs> Man. Even if it's not finished, it's beautiful. It was me. You see that plastic back there? That was you with the terrible idea to look at the wall? Oh, yeah. All right. You're not allowed to have ideas anymore. It's an eyesore. Huh? That plastic is an eyesore. You should have seen the blank wall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. We got a storm rolling through here. Yeah. Just Cross our fingers. (laughs) Oh, they dropping bombs up in here. That was a loud one. All right. Well, 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 then let's dive into it, boys. We're we're talking about... uh, we're talking about fishing in this kind of weather, right? We're, we're seeing in the fall, these storms come through. We're seeing cold fronts come through. Fishing is getting challenging. All of our boys were really, really active out on the tournament trail this weekend. And I kind of want I, I, I kind of want to get your stories about, I can hear the rain. Can you hear that rain, Justin? No. Oh, I thought I, I, thought I heard I that can't. rain through over there it must must be thunder booming over there but uh but everybody was active and uh, i don't even know where to start which one of you which one of you guys want to want to tell your your tale of you know coming you know face into some cold front conditions and pretty challenging early fall conditions i'll start it off because you know it's so saturday was day two post front Right. And mm. I fished yep. at Derb with uh, buddy Keith Thomas up on uh, uh, Nakamixon. And as the, as the event went on and, you know, it was, it was just tough. And the ex- expectations were, were a lot higher than what had happened. And, you know, and I'll get into that event more. But it was, you know, catching in the DMs, somebody from, uh, you know, somebody hit me up from New Hampshire at their club tournament on the best lake in New Hampshire and 10 pounds won. And then I saw a Jersey club in North Jersey that, you know, not a limit caught. And then you see the, the Chesapeake, what was it? Chester County. Only 17, only took 17 to win both days. 12 pounds got you paid both days. So eight, 80 boats, nine limits or something like that. Something like tough. that. Yeah, it was tough. So I mean, just like brutally off. And then I talked to Justin way down in Georgia and he's like, Dude, I, you know, I had, what, 10, 18 pounds without trying in practice and, you know. And that was day two after the front. We were a day ahead of you guys, but that was post-frontal day two. Uh, day three after the front was the tournament day. Okay. Um, and, I, you know, I can, I can tell about it later. I don't have to take my turn. But, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it got tougher. It got tougher, and I'll, I, I can share my little tale later. But, man, it got tough. <laughs> So, so the reason wow. I brought it all up is it just it just seemed like this giant front across the entire northeast, or I don't know what what, what do you call Georgia. Oh, we we got it. It was Tire our first coast. cold front of the yeah, year. East coast. We're getting Eastern yeah, we're getting 50, 50 degree temperatures earlier. I mean, gosh, dude, I was fishing the All American last year, first week in November. It was ninety degrees. Those you were wearing days. a thong. I remember you telling me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, geez, right. The 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 the, we just, I haven't had an, 
an on-time fall. All right, last week was the first day of fall, September 22nd or whatever. Like, we haven't had fall on time in the South in years. You know, it's <laughs> been – I feel like it's been years since we've had these cool temperatures since in late March September. Since Collider fe- discover, uh, hit the uh, God particle, nothing's been the same. But <laughs> we don't have time for that tonight. But I agree with you, Justin. <laughs> but, you know, and I, I saw it coming. We we had – we had uh, – we had we had we were at Lake Lanier for our two day BFL, and normally with these lakes, especially Lanier's like spotted bass. Anyways, you know, with with me yeah. fishing Hartwell a lot, I like to mix up both largemouth and spots. Well, let's let's back up. Lake Lanier is a highland reservoir, deep sure. clear deep clear water, uh, yep. dominated by spotted bass. Let's just to give people a little context yeah. on the lake you're talking. About. You're you're right. I appreciate that, Pete and. But the water's high. It's been high all year. It's a foot, foot and a half high at Lanier. Yeah. And so looking at this on the calendar, I'm like, I am going to be able to mix in largemouth. Um, I'm going to plan to mix in largemouth. And then the weather system comes, and I see it coming. And I I got uh, five hours of practice in on Thursday, and then I practice, you know, up until about 5, 5 p.m. on Friday. So I got a little longer than I normally do for a BFL. And – you know, I just kind of looked at it like, gosh, bluebird post frontal on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Like, might you might get a little clouds in the afternoon on Saturday, and I just said, you know what, I'm di- I'm I'm committing to spotted bass. I'm going to go to the south end of the lake where it's typically one, and, and I'm going to jump. Why? Why? Because largemouth are going to just be uncatchable in that condition. That's why the way I felt, you know. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, I'm kind of missed the boat because a lot of my guys. So, I'm not considered a local at Lanier. I'm, I'm just as far from Lanier as some of the lakes I've cut my teeth on, but I just have not come up over there. Mm-hmm. So the guys that are from like my middle Georgia lakes crew, the guys who stuck with largemouth, they caught them. Like all of our sticks, they're like they they didn't they wow. didn't. I think our highest finisher in that region of that group of guys got like nine, right? But my one of my best buds, Grant, he shook off like a giant, you know, flipping wood or something. Like he's like I, I shook off a five or six pounder. I'm going straight to it. He caught her. It was big bass of the tournament, five twelve largemouth, you know. And so that there was some of that, and I think it was just the high water. And the fact that it has not been as brutally cold yet, you know, the temperatures were just getting into the mid seventies. Um, but I, anyways, I dove in on spots, man. And, and the dominant pattern is really fishing offshore, you know, offshore structure and cover and figuring, you know, there's a lot of different things to sample out there from timber to brush piles, to cane piles, to rock, um, and there's just a lot of options. And if you can figure out the right cover and the right depth, sometimes you can get a little pattern going. And I committed um, to just trying to look uh, side image and scan and down image to see what the pulse of what they were doing. And man, when I, I just graphed on Thursday for the most part, and they were up in brush piles and cane piles they were they wanted to be closer to the surface. They weren't like holding tight to the bottom or 
to the cover at all. And I said, oh, man, this this is going to be a topwater tournament, and the weights are going to go crazy. They've been chewing topwater offshore for three months on Lanier. It's been one of the best years ever on Lanier. And so I, I went all in, and, man, on Friday, I pull up to my first brush brush pile that I had marked, or it might have been a cane pile. I can't remember, but they were, they were, they were pretty up in the zone. And I said, man, I really don't want to throw that there. I've got history with that one. So I went down and found another one and they were doing the same thing. And so I, I mean, I kind of veered off, circled around threw a top water over there and caught a four pound spotted bass. And I was golly, you know, that was first cast. And I'd go about an hour not fishing and just seeing, I'm like, man, I could catch them on top. I could catch them on top right there. And then I came to one and the fish were all on the bottom. So, uh, I turn around and reposition and, uh, you know, using 360, finding, finding that, uh, pile and threw a, uh, a swim bait out there, a little, little Berkeley power swimmer, like a 3.3, you know, on a ball head, let it sink to the bottom slow roll it don't catch a three three and a half pounder you know more often than not i was catching them on top but i felt like i could catch them up top and on the bottom and pete and i were talking about the post-frontal conditions before and he said you know you really need to figure out how to go in after them and i successfully did that later in the day pulling out a drop shot and i thought man i caught a four pounder and on a drop shot and I, that just gave me a lot of confidence if it got tough um, and where I'm kicking myself, Pete, is I went out, I caught 35 keepers. And remember, I said it was tough. I caught the snot out of fish, top water. The big ones would come up on top and they wouldn't hook up, or if they hooked up, they'd come off. You know, they were just not, not having good aim on, on top. And what I found was when I started graphing a little bit later in the day, the fish suspended about 15 feet down and I could, sometimes they'd go down rare, rarely they would come up at a top water, but every now and then I could get a big one to come up on top. Do you think it was the cold front? The sep- <sighs> you know, do you think that's what caused the change or was it? Cause here, I think fishing here's my, pressure, here's man, my theory, here's my theory on the situation. When these yep. first fronts come through, it, it kind of fractures the fish population a little bit and, and they don't know the bait is kind of confused. The bass are kind of confused and they don't, they, everything's not really organized. So it makes yeah. it, it makes it challenging. They're not as competitive. That's quite strong. Um, yeah. you know, and, and I think that, I think that's what, you know, what caused you to have to struggle a little You're bit. You're right. I, I think it Things was fractured. Pete. Yeah. And, and they, they just, they, they weren't as active, right? They just didn't seem like they would swim, swim up 10 feet for a top water. Sometimes they'd follow a drop shot. And I got on a few things where I caught a lot of fish on a drop shot. Um, my biggest thing that, um, that I was kicking myself when we got back to weigh in, I had a pretty fun day out there, but just some big ones came off or didn't hook up and, Man, I knew it when I started to think about how those fish were positioned when I got to see them on down imaging. Yeah. They were just sitting there. 
tight to the tops of cane piles and brush piles. And they were just sitting there 15 feet down, 20 feet down, depending on the depth. And I didn't have anything in their face, you know, to, to try and make them, you know, react. I did, I relied on them swimming down after a, a drop up. shot or yeah. trying to come up. And I, I was getting enough responses throughout the day that I just yeah. stuck with it, you yeah. know, and I wish that I would have done something different and got something in that suspended arena, whether it's getting a jerk bait down there or, you know, a swim bait and trying to just, you know, pop it or, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I still got a lot of tricks to learn in that region, but. Well, um, was, I, I feel like I failed it with the no. with the dude, big you, fish. You, dude, you caught you you went out, you you found two ways to catch them. And we talk about Mike's video all the time. Guys, you got to go watch this on Bastion TV. It's a top, middle, bottom approach. And you're talking yeah. about you, you had the top and bottom dialed, but the middle became the dominant, probably the dominant weapon for you. But uh, that has to be on the post front though. Is you feel like post frontal this time of year, you're getting that though, the, where they suspend, where that's a re, a big time reaction, or is that just a region by region? Thing? Well, I think it's a region by region. You're in a you're in a highland reservoir, with right? A big vertical water column where fish can do a lot of different things, and um, and that's you know that's different from you know some of the other guys, and uh, but. You made the regional. You're going to the BFL regional. You, you caught up. Right. You did it on on not not a full tournament trail. <laughs> you, you 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 skipped the tournament and still made the regional. That's pretty impressive stuff. And I want to congratulate you on that. You may feel Thank like you, you didn't have a great tournament, but that was an amazing <laughs> uh, finish. You Thank know, you. yeah. And, and I'm proud of you for that. Really, yeah, I appreciate you it. You feel like a handicap. You're like, I'll sit one out. I'll still make it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I didn't sit out. I wish I had confidence in myself, you know, uh, we, and we all know the yeah. story, but just fishing that first one as a co-angler, you know, it, I would have, I would have, oh, it would have been like, a fun year. I would have like been in I the like mix. I like Riz's impression better. It's like, I'm, I'm Justin Kimmel, bitches. I don't need to fish them off. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I I'll tell it. you one thing. I got a pros panel coming up based on, September yes. post frontal conditions. If you, when you hear the list of the 15 guys I got to give me their answers, I'm the idiot for not asking before my tournament <laughs> and wait until today. <laughs> wow. I should have totally asked them beforehand. Hey, next week we got the bad shoe line. All right. We're going to, oh. I can't wait to hear that. That is a oh, great man. list. And I can't wait to hear it. I'm going to send it. I'm going to send it send over it back to, to the studio. Riz. I'm going to send it over to Riz. For his post frontal, real quick, uh, real, 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 real quick. So going back to Justin's really fast. So I'm not trying to make a conversation about it, but if <laughs> I can choose smallmouth, uh, spotted bass, or largemouth for post frontal, 100% largemouth. Wow, mouth, that's my choice. Because wow. a largemouth. Because listen, I'm going to tell you why. And, and and I don't care where you're at in the country. A largemouth, when it's post frontal conditions can always be caught shallow because the number one thing they always seem to do is mm -hmm. just put their face against something. Yep. Dock, trees, whatever. Uh, that's yeah, I'm you're going. right, GDP. Right, that's and going. those guys caught some largemouth, yeah. man. The largemouth yeah. guys did show up. No, that, that, that makes a that's, ton of sense because they don't yeah. go do that stupid stuff. Yep. They don't suspend. The well, they right. can, but they don't, you know, to me, yeah. spotted bass are probably the hardest.
Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's good. No, thank you, GDP. It, it, good stuff. Yeah. GDP. That's a that's a great statement because it's it's so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, and large mouth. Well. And that's a great statement. Come stare at that means a lot. Dude, I've seen it <laughs> firsthand. <laughs> they do. They just Remember like, that, Brian? See, we saw him staring at <laughs> staring at a pole. Like. Every fish was staring at a pole. Uh, so you've Yo seen balls. it before. Yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. You, you literally <laughs> see it. Yeah, yeah just they, looking they, at it. Like, they, yeah, that's all they do. I'm going polling. That's that's uh, it's so funny because everybody comes at things from different perspectives, and I will not throw it a large mouth in the post frontal conditions. You know, if there's small meth and spots available, they bite. Huh. They you bite sankos in post frontal. Pete, that you didn't are? come for me. They bite sankos. <laughs> they do. I mean, that's 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 when I will throw one. All right, go ahead, Greg. Race. You just won a fifty dollars gills. Now winning all kind of stuff tonight. <laughs> that's that. You know, that's that's true. And Pete, I'm with you, man. Like the the spots and the small mouths, even in that, like I feel like your bite rate goes up. You know, my largemouth buddies caught. They got they got four to six bites a piece, you know, but they were good ones. Yeah, they're probably big ones. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah they were good ones. You know, you said a good ones there because I've been more consistent going after the alternate species in those post frontal conditions. But you might absolutely be right that the wind fish might be the green ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 really liking what uh, GDP yeah. just shared there. That's a great yeah. outlook on that because he's right. They do just hole up in that cover. Yeah. 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 Some poles. Yeah. yeah. It's, All right, it's Riz. Yeah. Riz, you have a monumental task in front of you. You have like Ida came through, yeah. destroyed everything. You had like five inches of rain come through. It's the biggest freshwater estuary in the world. Second. Mud, clear, mud, clear. And now you got post frontal conditions pete. on the chesapeake bay what in the world happened out hold there? on pete i will we're at the bass university i will not allow you to put this bad information out there second largest freshwater estuary in the world <laughs> what's the first i don't know the nile probably you don't even know do you no but how can you, you shut the hell up <laughs> because i know it's the second let's look this up <laughs> ahead, i hear a it. trivia i hear a <laughs> trivia question coming oh you do <laughs> What's I mean, the, what's was, the largest freshwater estuary in the world? It's the damn Nile. That <laughs> or the Amazon it's or not, something. Oh, I'm Googling this. All right. We're, we are going to all Google this challenge, uh, BTC. Riz, Riz, talk to me about what happened out there. Uh, man, I, I, I'm really not good at, uh, at doing tournament recaps, especially following <laughs> Justin. He's, he's really good at it, and I'm more just like, oh, uh, I threw my bait out there, and you know, something <laughs> happened. But um, no, it, I, I knew it was going to be a tough couple of days going into it. I hadn't been on the bay in a, you know, probably a month. Had made a cast in a month and a half at least. Um, but uh, yeah, my my practice pretty much got blown because I broke a steering cable on my trolling motor on Friday, oh. and uh, you know that's that's not really anything out of the ordinary. I'm used to stuff breaking. I'll drink um, to that. And uh, so Saturday, I was fortunate enough to be able to fish uh, off of somebody else's boat. We tried to run a pattern kind of uh, in a more southern part of the Chesapeake, uh, you know, try and get away from the storms, find some clear water. And it just didn't, <clears throat> didn't really feel to me like the uh, like the size was down there uh, that it would take to, to, to win or even cash a check. Um, and what we figured out Saturday was that, at least for us, all of our bites were coming on the bottom 
Um, I mean, I spent three days and didn't get a single bite on a moving bait. So by the time Sunday rolled around and my, you know, I got my boat fixed up Saturday afternoon, um, I kind of had an idea that it was going to be, you know, a big time, a big time grinder and it wasn't going to be get a lot of bites type of deal. But I felt confident that if I stayed um, close to close to the house, close to the ramp, that, you know, I could put myself around some of the better quality fish um, and under post front conditions. I just tried to hit high percentage areas as much as possible. Um, actually, on the way to the ramp, I, I, I was listening yeah. to a seminar, uh, Gary Klein, Fisher Strengths, um, and that just kind of hammered home to me that, you know, I needed to just keep a couple of baits in my hand that I had confidence mm. in. Uh, my two main tools were were a jig um, and the, the old Dean's rig, the tail-weighted Senko. Um, luckily, uh, I was able to 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 land a, a a big one and almost five pounder uh midday um which kind of helped me a lot because i ended up only getting four bites all day mm. landed all four of them wow. um one kind of adjustment that i had to make and i think the post frontal conditions had a lot to do with this was uh i noticed early in the morning that when i started with my jig i was using a rage crawl as my trailer and i got two or three short bites where it felt like a bite and I would swing and there would be nothing but air. Um, so when, it, I mean, m me being hard-headed, it took that trailer getting actually chewed off by a fish until I tried something else. But when I put on a new trailer, I went with a standard rage chunk uh, and just hung it on the hook rather than threading it up to give it, you know, kind of less action, let the skirt collapse down more on the bait as I'm working it through the oh. cover. And uh, after that, I... I I, I was able to get two more bites at the end of the day. Uh, both the fish had it completely choked. Um, so I, I think that was a, a good adjustment under the post front conditions that, yeah. you know, uh, you know, switching to a less action bait as opposed to more action bait. Uh, Greg and I talked about it a little bit. He said one of the things might've been that it allowed the fish to key in on it more rather than getting a reaction style bite. So, mm. um, you know, just post front conditions, you know, stick to your strengths, use, use baits that, that I uh, use baits I was comfortable with and, uh, kind of just committed to it and really ran the same spots, you know, multiple times throughout the day until they would eventually produce for me. And, you know, they were, they were all better quality fish. So. Nice. Yeah. Rich, that's a great recap, man. I, yeah, I love was. that recap fishing your strengths. Uh, Gary Klein, he, he like says on that seminar that, when you find the fish, there's any number of ways to catch them. Uh, like, I think he quotes like 14 different ways to catch them. Uh, I think it's this quote. But using your strengths to catch them, the highest percentage strike to land ratio, uh, using the techniques that are going to get you, get those fish in the boat. Great seminar. Garrett Klein's a great instructor. He gets high marks. Everybody loves watching him at Bash U. And that was great survival especially that you use snappy point yeah. uh which is, is super secret nobody knows snappy point and uh shout out to hummerbird 360 by the way for yeah for that it was absolutely Explain. crucial it was it's extremely crucial in in every fish that i caught throughout the day i mean i was i was fishing the gnarliest of the gnarliest cover so i was lining up on these casts and using my 360 and literally picking my spots to where I think I could be able to get my bait in. And if I get a bite, actually get the fish out of there. Um, and, uh, at one point late in the day, 
you know, I found a I found a submerged tree. Would never have been able to see it if I wasn't running 360. Um, and I dropped the power poles down and cast it at that thing 10, 15. If it was 15, it was 25 times. I don't know until I eventually got, got the bite. But what was also cool was there was a lot of off-species fish in that area. I, I guess they were either big carp or catfish or whatever, stripers maybe. I could actually see those fish moving, not not in live time, but every time my 360 would change, it would, would revolution around and I'd get a new a new screen, the dots and the shadows would be in different places. So I could actually see the life kind of moving into this area with the incoming yeah. tide. Wow, and, yeah. Uh, I, I, I cast it at trying to get to the, the corners and the tip and everything of this tree just over and over and over until one time I eventually hopped my jig over and it got smoked. So shout out to Hummingbird 360. New, new, new laydown? Yeah, for sure new. Because of the storm. Because of this storm, yeah. Because of I. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's yep. a big deal, dude. Mm. Yeah. You yep. see a Fresh lot of that? Leaves. That's a big deal in all uh, the yeah. waterways yeah. over the Ida, Ida watershed. Like everything's the been watershed? moved around. What the frick is that? <laughs> well, it's every watershed that Ida has impacted. Sorry, Pete. Like yep. has has dumped a bunch of rain and moved trees around, and it's been crazy. And I want to quote enotes.com. Despite the massive size of the Chesapeake Bay, most scientists agree that the St. Lawrence River, which connects to the Great Lakes and the Atlantic Ocean, no. is actually the largest estuary, no. freshwater estuary in the world. Yeah. Uh, Google says Green Bay. Green Bay. Yeah, great. Nice. Yeah, look at that. Google tried to eliminate Justin right there. <laughs> uh, I know. Google got mad. <laughs> yeah, dirtbags. They're watching. Yeah, Green, green Bay is, is like, uh, you can see they're angling for publicity. I, I can't, I, I don't think that's true. But, uh, it, it's you can't believe everything on, that you read you on the internet or anymore, watch on apparently. TikTok That's right. un, unless it's our videos. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it's great stuff, great stuff, Riz. Now you were fishing a uh, well, I don't know the second, third, fifth largest freshwater second, you know, estuary in the world. Second, don't bring uh, your bad math in here. Yeah, BTC. Yes, sir. You were fishing. Uh, what what are we going to call this lake? This is a. Uh, this is a reservoir. It has a name. It's a highland reservoir, northern reservoir with uh, deep water, a lot of vegetation, um, clear water. Um, it's it's uh, I guess it's a highland northern reservoir. Okay, that's how I would say it. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know any better. All right, carpenter, stupid carpenter. Can't catch All right. fish. So you were you were you were going in you were going in with a lily pad flipping or I don't know what yeah, you're doing. So, with that. Uh, yeah, so I was going. You're going I, in strong with a great pattern. Yeah, well, I was fished it with a buddy of mine who lives up there, and and yeah. you know that he had an area that had the big ones, and that's what we we're going to concentrate on. And you know, the storm changed a lot, uh, or the uh, post frontal conditions changed a lot. And be honest, we we just never figured it out. We just kind of ran around and kind of lost the whole time. I couldn't say that we made any adjustments because we never got around the fish. So, yeah, uh, probably no less, that, you know, after the event than before. Actually, I, f I figured day two <laughs> I would have my tackle dialed. I had more equipment to boat day two, which pretty much means you're screwed. So it was a good time. But, you know, more importantly than that, um, what that club does up there – 
that was that, that's that was my big takeaway from the situation. I learned nothing about fishing other than I suck, but <laughs> but the club was pretty pretty badass. You know, uh, Mix and Mafia. They 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 look after the, the the fishery big time. They impose regulations on their tournaments over top of state regulations. They cut down their Wednesday weekly Wednesday night tournaments to one fish big bass tournaments. They could have a five bass or four bass tournament, whatever, and um. Their regular events are four bass only, so uh, I, I I admire that they make sure their fishery stays strong. And in that event, I think there was eighteen twenty boats, and it was a lot lighter field because it's hunting season. A lot of guys are in trees right now, but there were four father and son teams out there, and I'm talking about like the winning team was a father with his fifteen year old son, uh, Tim and Joey Hamburger. Um, the second place team was Scott and Hunter, Alan Kramer. Yeah, Alan Kramer. We're not sure which. We're not sure which is his last name. Yeah, he's got a lot another, of names. Another another father son team. But he's a cool dude. He's going to put tattoos all over me and Rich pretty soon, probably. <laughs> maybe a, maybe a face tattoo for one of us. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about it. But you know, there was. A, I mean, to see Dad drop the boat in, and you know, it's a twenty horse Max Lake, but see, you know. 14, 15-year-old kid behind the steering wheel of an – it's just awesome, man. They were so dialed. These kids were so into it. I, re- I really enjoyed the event. But as far as learning anything, I, I suck. Well, uh, you and I talked about it, and, and I got I to gotta share this with everybody. And it's not 100%. It's, it's bass fishing. Nothing is. But when the cold fronts come through in the spring and the fall, I, I have, you know, dealt with this a million times. But the first patterns – that fizzle are the grass patterns and and you and i talked about it uh brian like the i tried to find out you know how the top two teams did but you know them guys they're competitive yeah it's tough to pry information so well i've just i've just seen it a number of times that i don't know if they leave the grass or if they suspend jk like you're talking about in the grass or or they just get weird but what I do. It's kind of like what Riz did at, down at the Chesapeake, which is abandon the grass. And uh, as a tournament competitor, like you're not necessarily fishing the dominant pattern, but you're fishing a way to continue to succeed in an extreme condition. And and when that grass bite uh, goes away, which it often does in a cold front situation, goes away. It's like you get to the hard cover, you get to the shallow cover. And and you grind out in that arena. I, and, I know and that can get you through it. I know it know? was a two day event. I know the second day there was a hard cover, semi shallow bite that that happened later in the day for a lot of guys. Huh. Right. I mean, it was mostly pr- a pretty good grind for everybody. You know, it, weights were down across the board. A lot of guys struggled. I mean, we struggled, but yeah. Yeah. but there was a hard cover bite that happened late. Thank you, sweetie. The hey, uh, well, yo, shell. <laughs> you get, you can hear her cla- her uh, charismatic laugh. Yes, talking over Pete. I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're they're mad because I'm talking over. You. <laughs> thank you, for, thank you very much. He came out to bring me a refreshment. Oh. Juju, my doll, came in for a visit, <laughs> and and we, uh, I, I tell you, you guys all. Everybody ran into it, hit the wall. Yeah, almost except, everybody, except for GDP. 
who who crushed it on these uh, post frontal conditions. I did catch what, quite a few. Yes. What ha- what happened to you? So I it did, is your DDP. You you are a professional bass so catcher. I, I made I made a list right in front of me just now, and I'm going to give you these are these are fall transition, but also post frontal baits that I use. And then we're going to hop into other things about this, okay? So, and they're not in order by no means. But I'm just going to run through the baits really quick that I use consistently this time of year, you know, no matter what's going on. Chatterbait, swimbait, jig, buzzbait, trap, squarebill, and shaky head. That, that's, that's, that's the baits I think can cover fall. And maybe I'm missing one, I don't know. But I think they are the baits that cover the most. Now, out of them baits right there, one thing I've learned about post-frontal conditions, they either want it really slow or really fast. <clears throat> and the reason I'm saying really fast is because reaction. That's why I'm saying it. So I think for the reaction part, um, chatterbait shines and a square bill and a trap. They're the ones that shine on reaction. Um, square bill, a lot of times, this time of the year, one of the main things that I do fish is isolated cover. So, with that being said, if I can throw a square bill through a tree, uh, let's say I'm throwing a normal retrieve and I'm not getting bites, a lot of times I can crash that square bill, and I will get some bites doing that this time of the year on a post-frontal condition a lot of times. And I'm sure... Mm-hmm. What do you mean by crash? Like, really, really hard or fast? Yeah, or? so I, I want to I reel that, that square bill. I want to hit that cover, hit that tree, or rock, whatever I'm fishing. And if there's a bass laying there... That's when I want that thing to hit that thing and deflect and get that reaction strike out of that bass. And a lot of times, uh, it takes a lot of casts at the same piece to finally get that bass to go. Remember you telling me that last year. Yeah, because a lot of times I feel like maybe your angle's off a little bit, how that fish is positioned on that piece. And the only way to get that bass in the boat is hit that piece perfectly, Yeah. you know, to where that reaction is right in front of his face. So that's that's key for sure. Um. So as far as the chatterbait, uh, this is a prime example uh, for a chatterbait. And, and this goes for the, the, the rattle trap, too. And I know, so a, a lot of us think about rattle traps and jerk baits, I think, in cold, cold water. And in reality, that's not the case. Uh, they do work really good in cold water because they are very tight with the wobble, but they work really good in warm water. I'm saying, like, 75 down. That's, that's the yes. number I'm going to pick. So... With a chatterbait, a lot of times on post-frontal conditions, I will throw the chatterbait out. There's two things I do with the trap and the chatterbait. I will throw the chatterbait out, and I'll either reel it so slow that I'm just crawling it, and a lot of times it gets the fish to bite. But a lot of times you got to take that trap or chatterbait, and you got to rip it off the bottom. And that's how you get a lot of reaction out of these fish. Uh, with the trap, a lot of times, so once it starts getting a little bit colder, there's been so many times that I can tell you that I've, been on a really, really good bite, then I'm just crushing them, you know, doing a nice normal tree with the trap, and then all of a sudden, same deal, post-frontal, you know, bluebird skies. I throw the trap out there, and I reel it so slow, it's painful, but it's, poof, they just eat it. So slow, it's amazing. Um, uh, besides that, you know, fall, buzzbait is, is huge, but not post-frontal usually. All right, so I want to talk about the actual, what I'm looking for, for fall transition, and, and it still applies for post-frontal because it's the same areas they're still going to be on. You just have to apply them techniques I just talked about. So probably one of the 
the best things I can say, isolated cover, without a doubt, is key. And I still think your biggest fish will be on the isolated cover, no matter what the conditions are. Uh, isolated cover would be, for me, if I'm going down a bank and there's one giant tree on that bank, that's the key piece of structure or cover these fish are going to be using. Uh, besides that, it could be it can be in a creek where there's a ton of laydowns, and let's just say there's a, a beaver hut or something off the bank. That's going to be something different. That's the isolated cover I'm looking for, or a log out in the center, or whatever it is, something by itself or something different down the bank. Um, one thing that I that I think is probably one of the best besides that secondary points. Now, secondary points to me, I, I still think a lot of guys don't know what they are. So if you have any main point sticking out into the lake, that's your main point. Any point that's behind that or in from there, it can be 10 in a row. They're all secondary points. Uh, a lot of the bait early on, the bait seems to move first every single time before the bass even move. So your bait's going to start working its way towards creeks, which we all know. But when they come off of that main body, them secondary points are going to be the first stopping spots every single time. So that's what I'm looking for as far as secondary points. Isolated cover so far. Um, creek channel swings. Channel swings are huge as far as locating where the fish are. This is one example when you can use side imaging really good. Uh, a channel swing can be, you know, any every single lake we fish, whether it's a reservoir, a river system, it don't matter. There's channel swings all through all this stuff. Uh, you just got to kind of scan around, figure out what's there, why they're there. Uh, what else we got? So this is this is there's two times a year I look for this, and this is really key this time of year because it's cold in the morning and it usually gets warm during the day. This is when shade lines are huge, because a lot of times, if it's getting colder, the bait's starting to move out, the bass are following them around. When that sun gets real high, you know even here it's still getting 80, 82 degrees during the day. Then fish will still run them secondary points, but they're going to start using the shade lines. So shade lines are key in the fall and key in the dead of summer. Mm. Uh, what else we got here? Um, all right, that's all I got for explaining that stuff uh, besides my actual tournament. So go ahead, Pete. What do you, what do you got? Where, where did you fish and, and, and take us through your tournament? All right, so. Great seminar, by the way. Great seminar on the fall. Fall transition. Yeah, yeah, fun. and way more important than this than this stupid South Jersey tournament that's irrelevant. <laughs> no, it's true. Right. But but you know, there's one thing I actually missed. So, anytime you're in the fall and you get really bad conditions, I can tell you one thing that will work every single time. Oh, please tell me. I'm serious. No, I'm, 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 you can be on a river system. You can be on a lake. But this will work. So anytime you are on a lake, every single time. Every time. It's it's very high percentage, let's put it that way. Okay. So if you're on any kind of lake that has any kind of feeder system on it, them fish in them feeder systems, whether it's a creek or just maybe, uh, I don't know, some kind of spill coming into the lake, anytime there's moving water, them fish are so much easier to catch because I think them fish, no matter what the conditions are, they know when the meal comes down, they have to eat it. Okay. Mm. So if you're on a river system, it, it, it can be on a river system, I would say, Areas with swift or current faster, or something that's going to position them fish no matter what the conditions are, they're, that's what I'm looking for every time. Every time. So this past weekend, um, I did fish a small South Jersey tournament uh, on Rainbow Lake, which has a, a nice feeder creek coming in. 
I probably caught maybe I don't know twenty five fish out of the creek total. Um, most of the most of the field fish to me, like a lot of guys did come up into the creek also, but but they got there an hour after you. <laughs> I I skipped the whole first part of it. I didn't touch it. What? Yes, because I went to where I thought the oh, okay. fish would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, l- let me let me interrupt you for a yeah. second. Ra- Rainbow Lake is a very shallow reservoir. I guess we call it reservoir. reservoir. It's, it's like dammed. It's it, it's, it's got it's got a up. maximum depth of probably five feet, maybe with a you know tannic water and um, some vegetation Correct. and wood, and uh, it's, it's a got swamp. a feeder creek. It's uh, not yeah. though. I'm gonna tell you this. It's a swamp. No, it isn't because. Get the hell out of here. Dude, stumps and muck. You you have to understand South Jersey. Every one of our lakes, seriously, has a very very defined creek channel that it runs has through. Has a creek? It's right? like Gunnersville creek, no, in South, creek South Jersey. I'm not talking about a creek. No, it's got a creek channel. Yeah. What's that? It's got a creek channel that probably is still there, maybe mucked in. It's actually it actually has a, a wonderful creek channel, and it has two really distinct bends. <laughs> Let, let's start calling it a wonderful. Lake. I'm being Four serious. And a half. <laughs> 4.8. Listen, you have to take it as a whole because Alleged. I don't care I don't care where I go in the country, it's all the same. Right. You know, it's, it's, any of it. it's a tiny ecosystem compared to where I am where it's a giant lake. It's still the yes. same thing. Yes, Greg, you're exactly right. Thank you. And for those of you in Florida, the 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 water and the the kind of vegetation that we have where Greg's talking about very similar to Florida. Yeah, very similar. What? So anyway, he said for twelve-inch fish. So knowing, okay, so the whole field struggled, struggled except for one person had ten pounds off the main lake. Okay. Okay. Now I, I know the lake really well. There's two main swings on this creek channel: one down on the bottom, one on the very top. But the one on the very top is real close to the creek channel going into the creek, where your bait should be working too. Correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just off. A secondary point. Yeah, yeah, it all makes sense. And I went back out there the next day because I wanted to really kind of dive into it. Right. So tickle them some more. No, for real. And <laughs> so the, our our lakes get a lot of I, I call it black death. Is that what you call it? Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't yep. know the true name of it. So our lakes get a lot of black death. Pete, Pete will make it something sexy inside. Yeah. Go ahead, Pete. So <laughs> it, it, it's it's an algae. It's an algae. It's full of life. It is. But we we call it black death. Because it really consumes the body. It water. sucks the the fun out of the day. So I think <laughs> our I don't think I know our fish do use that a lot because that's the only cover present a lot of times during during the year. But when it starts to die off, um, I still think the fish do use it. But certain areas don't have it as good. But certain areas do. It just so happened that that secondary little point where that creek channel swing was, there was still a good amount of black death underneath the water. You can't see it, but it was down in three feet. And them fish that were there kind of had it all because they had the creek channel coming in. All the bait was working by it. They still had some cover to lay in, and they had a secondary point right off of it. So it actually made a lot of sense why the fish were still there and why the guy caught them there, and he caught them on a white chatter bait. Did he catch them all day? Did he, did he catch numbers? He caught seven total. Okay. Eight, eight total. <laughs> he that's did. pretty good. That's, that's good. That's pretty good. You know, but, our but, well, I, I laugh because he put him for – like most people in you know perspective, that's you know yep. a, a small amount of fish for us. That's a monumental catch in a very yeah. very difficult situation. Yeah, that's a good number. Yep. But anyway, so I you know I a lot of times I don't care what the conditions are this time of year because I know where I'm going around here. I know where I'm heading to. I know I'm going to the fast water. I know I'm looking for the fish that are aggressive. Uh, you know, let alone I caught twenty five, I still probably saw another twenty swimming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dude, wow. you know, that's a that's an amazing catch on a body of water in our area. Twenty five yeah. fish. Yep. 
It was pretty pretty fun. Jacking them on jigs. Mm. Yep. What jig? Same jig that lost uh, Neil Henry on. <laughs> Bitsy. <laughs> yeah, Bitsy Flip. How about it? How about it? Three ace or Bitsy half? Flip? Uh, quarter. Bitsy quarter. Flip or Bitsy Bug? Bitsy Different Flip. Hook. Bitsy Flip. Bitsy yeah. Flip. Quarter, nice. huh? Quarter rounds, yeah. What's your, what's your setup? For that deal as far as rod and reel yeah like rod reel line whole, whole uh so thing. rod reel uh it's a zodius shimano zodius seven foot two medium heavy usually okay seems to be a really good rod as far as you know having accuracy to small jigs right because that like that's the challenge for a lot of people with the lighter jigs is like to be able to place it where you where you want to yeah like, i think i think shimano seems to run a little bit lighter than most rods on the market so you know that would probably be a medium in a lot of companies that okay rod. all right um but it still has a lot of backbone. It's still right. a fast tip. So the tip gives you enough to where you can, like the, the tip loads as you're flipping yeah, or it's, casting it's to really where good. you can put the bait where you need it Correct. to be. Correct. Gotcha. Um, you know, reel-wise, just a fast reel, Shimano mm -hmm. Bantam, uh, 8 to 8 to 1 to 1. Uh, Line-wise, I always throw it on 20-pound fluoro. Really? Yep, always. Even with that, quarter ounce? Yeah. Even with that light of a jig, huh? Yeah, so if you guys remember when Bill Lowen won Pickwick this past year. I do. He talked about floating, floating the jig down. down yeah. Down. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So that that twenty pound test really allows me to float the jig. Oh, in, yeah. in you know two feet of water Hell really yeah. well. Yeah. Brian the carpenter got got low and on Bass University right, right off the water. He was still in his boat. Brian remember the carpenter that? That really was good, awesome. You guys, remember D that? D yeah. D yes. <laughs> so anyway, so that's why I throw twenty. I float the jig. I think it looks so natural coming down that in you just current. have to bite it in the current. Yeah. And what's your trailer? Uh, so I usually throw a Zoom Super Chunk Junior. Right. Yep. That's what I was Matching color. using this weekend. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I pretty much if I'm if I'm throwing a Bitsy flip, a small compact jig, any any company, um, nine times I, I would say ten out of ten, it's a it's a super trunk junior. Always and you're hanging, you're hanging, you're hanging, hanging it, and you're 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 flipped. Hanging it, hanging it, and it's always backwards. Yep. Yeah. I always do mine backwards. <laughs> I've always done it that way. I've never changed. Something about the way the water moves. That's awesome. Me. Something going on with it. I got it going on right. But that's, that's well. Go ahead, Pete. No, I was just going to answer a question. Uh, uh, West Virginia Jared looks like, or WV Jared, uh, are you mostly fishing largemouth in these areas? And yes, these are these are our largemouth. We don't have spotted bass or smallmouth in our area. Smallmouth. Uh, we, we, we have Union. We have some smallmouth in we there. We got swamp bass. Yeah, yeah, we got like 18. I stand corrected. Union Lake lot, does have some. Tons. Yep. Tons. Yep. yep. But the bit the bitsy bug, I actually won uh, the one of the FLWs on a bitsy bug uh, the, with a black Senko trailer. Um, really? What? Wind no. this back up? Come on! Oh, okay. <laughs> Is this true story? Stop it! A well, bitsy bug with a black Senko trailer? No, I I, I actually was using a oh, uh, a double tail Yamamoto twin a Yamamoto twin tail and smoke blue fleck mm. with a black and blue uh quarter ounce bitsy bug uh w which was result it, it dominated my catch on the second day of the tournament uh which allowed me to to win up at lake champlain nice i like it that's yeah that's that bitsy bug oh yeah this year on the Tennessee yeah. river that's bitsy bug on champlain yeah as a matter of fact uh what time of year dave mansu shout out to dave mansu again qualifying for the regional i just talked to him shout out to, to james watson for winning the points in his division but dave manson and i fished together we were fishing in the same area up in missisquoi bay and the big we were using full you know big power half ounce 
and three quarter ounce jigs with big trailers. And we were, we were really getting a lot of bites at practice, but we had a cold front come through. Uh-huh. And, um, and in that scenario, uh, straight up, my co-angler brought out a bitsy bug and started, uh, commenced to just putting a beat down on the fish that would no longer hit the full size jig. And after I made, bait. after I made the switch, it was like lights out. Like they, they just completely, um, you know, they were still there, but the big power baits were no longer in play. And, uh, that, that was an awesome situation. His name was Paul. I can't remember his last name, but thank you again, uh, Paul. That was a great day. And, and, uh, the next day changed again. The cold fronts came through again. And I had to completely abandon that grass and that what I was doing on the first day of the tournament and, and move on again and get out of the grass. One of the reasons why we, you know, why, like I told you, BTC, first thing to go south is the grass pattern in cold front situations, you know. I got. Mm. But, uh, I want to I add something real quick I forgot. Um, so this past weekend, so Monday I went to Rainbow Lake just to go out there and I, I played around and I saw a really big one swimming around uh, on Monday. And I, th- I, I threw the jig at it, nothing, nothing. I threw the Ned rig at it, and it bit the Ned rig. Uh, the same Ned rig that I took Kelly out with last weekend. She no was kill. throwing. So I, I picked up her, her Ned rig rod and threw it out there. Uh, I was fighting this this fish, and I'm fighting for a while. I got a little light rod. I ended up breaking the hook off the Ned rig. The Ned rig hook broke because yeah. Kelly, Kelly caught a lot of fish on it, so maybe it was kind of you know worn a little bit. But tournament day, I go right back to that same brush pile. I'm flipping all around, flipping all around. There's one little tiny stick just off the brush pile. I flip the jig over to it, eats it, set the hook. Same exact fish. It was 3-7. I got lunker with that fish. 3-7. I pulled it in the boat. I didn't take a picture. The hook was still inside of its head right here. I pulled the hook out of it, the net rig hook. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Crazy. Yeah. But pretty wild That's story. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That yeah. is awesome. Yep. Hey, well, great stories, great fish. Good stuff, Greg. Yeah. GDP, yeah. thank you for that, man. That was an amazing dialogue on on uh, how to move it should through help. the it fall pattern. Yeah. Notes, that's for sure. Yeah, man. Thank, yeah. Th- thank you for bringing Kelly into the show again. <laughs> should I, read, should I, I should read John Valdez's comment actually from today. John, I hope you're watching. <laughs> this, is, this is for Brian DeCarver. You know, he's he's going to get this one. Where's it at? Let me find this. John Valdez. All right. So today on my story, I did some construction work, and I put bringing out my inner BTC because I was putting on siding, so I took a picture. Sure. John Valdez uh, messages me and says, be sure to hit on someone's girlfriend at some point today for the full effect of BTC. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, learned, I, learned, I learned it from watching him. So. Oh, my God. How dare he? How dare he? He's right. Yeah. Hey, well, we um, we have a pro panel, and and we want to get to this because this is really key. JK is dialed. The professional fish head is is dialed into all of our boys at Bash University TV, and and uh, I'm sure you've asked. Well, I, I don't. I, I think you asked them the question about the fall transition. What question did you ask them, and what what was the pro panel response? Yeah. So the official question that the guys got was. September, first cold front of the year comes in, bluebird and post frontal. What are you reaching for to catch them up? A couple guys asked some clarifying questions, and I'll address those based on their answers. But 
If I don't, you can just imagine that they're fishing in their area um, and wherever they're from. I try to I try to ask guys who are from around the country to give all of our guys at Bash you you know who are, whoever's watching a, a chance to relate to something. You know, so this isn't just one big region of guys. So we'll we'll go down the list. You know, uh, Pete, one of your roommates this year, Brian Latimer, he he wanted to know where, and I said because he wanted to know about largemouth, smallmouth, spotted bass, whatever. I said, okay, you're dealing with a largemouth only lake in your region in South Carolina. So um, he he just straight up said, I'm going spinnerbait, a mid range crankbait, which I thought was an interesting. Uh, uh, you know, he didn't say shallow crankbait. He said mid-range. So I'm guessing what six to tens, eight to twelve, Pete. Is that kind of where your head's at? Yeah. When he says mid-range, yeah, I'm thinking five to ten. You know. Yeah. Okay. So like wiggle wart, uh, DT yeah. ten zone. Yeah. Okay. DT six. DT so spinnerbait. Yeah. Oh yeah. They got the DT. <laughs> yeah. He said spinnerbait, which is no surprise for those who know Brian. Uh, mid-range crankbait and a light Texas rig. You know, like an eight three sixteenths ounce. So that's what he's doing for the largemouth only lake in that situation. I'm gonna go in the order of these guys getting back to me. I appreciate all of you guys, our instructors, getting back. And then Pete and GDP, I'm gonna want to hear what you guys have to say, even though I think GDP kind of gave it up Sorry. already. But uh, Iconelli, he got back back to us. Uh, he said he's gonna go finesse at the mouths of major creeks. He's going to throw a small swim bait, a Ned rig, or a small finesse crankbait. And he said the biggest key is the presence of bait. That's his biggest key in this situation. Getting around the presence of bait. And, you know, he, he chose a small swim bait, small finesse crank, and, and a uh, Ned rig. So light line is where Ike's going with that. Um, Freddie Boom Boom Room Banis. He's going half ounce, double willow, gold and nickel combo with a shad colored skirt, spinnerbait. So another, another spinnerbait on, the, on this. JT Kenny gave me two words, lipless, always. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's, that, that was enough said by our pal JT. Um, John Cruz sent me a picture, looked like him or a buddy's picture out on the water. It was a shaky head, like a football-shaped shaky head. So I'm guessing Virginia, Highland Reservoir, Rocky Reservoir situation. And it was a big, big bass eating the uh, shaky head with a quiver 4.5. So that spade tail quiver that they got at uh, Missile Baits. Um, Patrick Walters called me 10 minutes before the show and, and wanted to talk shop. Um, he, he is such a fish head. Uh, he wanted to dive into this question for like 20 minutes. Said, I don't have 20 minutes. So uh, Patty said, uh, whatever he's throwing in this situation, post frontal this time of year, whatever he's throwing, whether it's top water, a jerk bait, no matter what, he's downsizing it. So if he's throwing a five inch top water, he's gonna go down to a three and a half or a four, you know. Um he's gonna GDP G wait a second, GDP. Uh -huh. I, I love how uh, Justin big time Patrick Walters in this situation. Mm -hmm. Big timed him. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't have enough time. 
I don't have enough time to talk to you, Pat. Oh, yeah. I've got to, I've got to get on the show. Listen here, Patty. Make it quick. We got ten minutes, and we're going live. <laughs> you you bring Kim Duke into the conversation. We'll start hearing about how great Patrick is. But Patrick's like us, man. He's just a fish head. He, he wants to talk baits and tackle and big swim baits and Japanese stuff. Like he's just like the rest of us. He's smooth. But uh, he's smooth. He's got his way. Yeah. 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 Hot water. But, uh, is that what you're but no, at? he said downsize whatever he's throwing and pick up the speed for the reaction bike. So he's gonna he, that's yeah. the that's his style. That's juicy. He's, he's not going finesse. He's just gonna downsize the same the types of stuff there that he's eating or that that the fish are eating, and he's gonna pick up the speed, trigger the strikes, which sure, I thought was sure. a great. Um, and that was definitely you Pike know from my last week and that's what i was kicking myself was not not speeding it up with a with some of those things so um our pal edwin evers is going with speed again he's gonna burn a berkeley square bull square bill crankbait 5.5 size i think that's a big size because i think they have like a like a 3.5 4.5 and a five that's a big size uh, crankbait, I think. Dude, buddy. that's he's, huge. Yeah, that's he's, huge. he's gonna burn that big Berkeley Square Bull 5.5 size in a shad cover. Sexier, sexier shad, I think, is what he said. So there you go. Um, our pal Brian Thrift, of course, you get this all over Bash UTV from our film shoot last year, but. Uh, he didn't say it, but he's gonna cut. He's gonna target isolated structure offshore with this, and he's gonna go quarter ounce Demiki underspin with that little three inch Demiki armor shad swim bait. So you know, you know his region, North Carolina, cleaner, yep. clean water deal right there, going after largemouth and spots offshore. So with that small little underspin, that blade. Have you seen that Demiki underspin, Pete? Like that blade is as big as your thumbnail. It's tiny. It's a tinier blade. It is. Yep. I, I've seen it. One, one of my own water training customers loves that Demiki stuff. And uh, it's it, it's a fish catcher, man. It, that little bitty flash, I get it. Yep. Sure enough. So Bobby Lane got back to me and he said uh, he's going with a small chopo in the morning. And then he's going shaky head when the sun gets up. So he's going to cover water buzzing around in the morning. Now his biggest key is shade lines. That's so shade another lines. thing that Greg said. Bobby said shade is key in this situation. You know, post frontal bluebird fall. Yeah, shade all day. So I thought that was cool that that uh, GDP had already brought that out in the show. Yeah. Um, our pal John Cox got back to me. He said he's going cranking in the morning, and then he's flipping. <laughs> Flipping his creature hog later in the day. And I got to bring up what John said because he cracked me up. What he said. I said, he said, I'm going to go crank, cranking in the morning and flip a creature hog later in the day. And I said, it still shocks me whenever you say crankbait. And he said, ha ha, I know, me too. It changed my life. <laughs> Those are big words from John Cox. Cranking changed his life. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. Yep. Um, Aunt Defoe. Uh, he does, he doesn't like this situation. He doesn't like the 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 post frontal situation. He said dynamite. <laughs> that's what, that's what Ott said. Gets so, time. 
And then when 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 uh, when we realized that that wasn't um, you know a good uh, the greatest answer, he said his OG tiny. That uh, I guess is that the next slim? Is that the next size down? He came out with yeah. a tiny. Okay. Yep. Yeah. He said his, his real his real answer should be uh, take a jet boat further up the river than anybody else can go and throw tiny crankbaits and destroy everybody in the field. Yeah. That, that, that that should be Odd's answer, <laughs> as he has done on, on Douglas a number of times. That's mm -hmm. right, and he said that's a go-to as well as a quarter ounce buzz bait. So mm -hmm. finesse buzz bait, I like it. Buzz yep. bait comes up again. We hear buzz yep. bait again. Yep, we had a chopo and a and a buzz bait, mm -hmm. and um, here we go. Kevin Short, our guest a few weeks ago. Um, First, he's going to go reaction baits. Um, and he said he's, he's staying shallow. He said, he said that don't go too deep. They'll stay shallow and suck up the cover. And he said a small square bill or a lipless crankbait is his reaction baits of choice. And if he has to go around, you know, pitching into the cover second and go in after him, he's going with a finesse jig. So that's, that's K-Pink's uh, game plan. Got a couple more. Um, Brandon Polinick, um, and I wouldn't have pegged him with this. I think I could have made five guesses, and I wouldn't have pegged Brandon to do this. Even though I have witnessed this, I think I witnessed him doing this, the tournament Lowen won at Pickwick. Um, not necessarily, you know, same conditions, I guess. I guess they might have been post-frontal, though. Um, picking up a half-ounce jig with a, a chunk trailer, the, his X-Zone Rebel chunk, and he's going to cover water pitching at all the isolated targets he can. And here's the key, close to deep water. So shallow isolated targets, close to deep water. And he said, if you get any kind of vegetation mixed in, that's just a bonus. Um, last one uh, on the panel tonight goes to KVD. He asked where, I said, just around the house. So this is a, a Northern, you know, Michigan answer. Um, he said he loves the jerk bait for finding the right areas in this kind of situation. He said they'll they will always at least follow, nip, or even eat it good, even in these conditions. But once he said, once I have the area found with that jerk bait, I'm putting it down. I'm gonna pick up a finesse drop shot found it peculiar that he emphasized finesse in front of drop, drop shot. But he said, I'm going to pick up a finesse drop shot, a tube, or a lightweight Ned rig and catch them up. Wow. He's going to go power fishing until he runs into them and then immediately put it down and pick up the spinning rod. KVD, everybody. How about that? Hey, Makes wow. Sense. Makes sense. Thanks, KVD. I pre that was great input and uh hey, what a great list uh jk and i know i, I want to before we dive into it a little bit further we have a cash and rod giveaway uh riz what are the details can guys enter and still win now or uh well, yeah, how are we going to give this rod away? Absolutely, Pete. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna put a trivia question out on the message board here very shortly, um, and anybody who gets the trivia question correct is gonna win the cash and rod. So, guys, if you're not signed up, just head over to Bashu TV, get signed up right now. Use code BU Live thirty, get thirty days for free, 
and you might know the answer to this trivia question, and you will win yourself a brand new CK Series cash and rod. You can choose of one of the five models that they have specifically designed for the CK Series with the help of the guy we just had on, Jody Queen. It's an awesome rod. Get signed up for BU, and you're going to have a chance to win. That's rad. JK, great list, dude. Yeah, man. It was, it, I love when the guys get back to me. You know, about yeah. you know, four out of five of them always get back to me. And I usually just text them in the afternoon of the show. Do you show have a running list of the one of the one out of five that don't? <laughs> I know I would. <laughs> no, <laughs> man. I'm, I'm not even paying them, you know? So, it, uh, it's, it's, we is, appreciate it's on, is this on that list? <laughs> Tonight he was. <laughs> <laughs> He usually gets back to me though, man. He's probably uh, on a saltwater boat somewhere, uh, uh, giant uh, tuna or halibut. Uh, we love you, man. What what is the trivia question? Let's ask. Well, hold on. Question. Before that, Pete, the people really want to know what in the hell is over your right shoulder? There. Yes, the eternal fl eternal flame. What is that? You got a candle? Oh my gosh! I see it now. It's a <laughs> a fire. Oh oh, you know what it is. It's, it's the reflection off of my, uh, the, I'll, I'll bring it up. What the hell? I got the, it's just reflecting off of the plexiglass. Nah, dude, it's still over there. Get that thing yeah, out of the way. Yeah, it's from the fan. Well, there, there's a the rotating fan on this. Is that what that is? He's got two of them, man. Oh, my God. Stacked. There it goes. Is that it? Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's put it, put it. it back, dude. It was way cooler before. <laughs> that was the Strins. Lake Champlain. Wow. The Strins series. That's awesome. Did you tell? <laughs> I, saw I knew what uh, it was. Did you? <laughs> yeah, it looked like a freaking candle flicker in the back. No? I, Whatever, dude. That. When you're 50, you'll, you'll see. Brian. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, our trivia question for tonight is, uh, so when we had Jody Queen on, he said that his number one bait to catch fish in a pinch and the most versatile bait for him is a chatterbait. He brought out three Z-Man baits that he uses as trailers for those chatterbaits in three different situations. What were the three baits that he displayed tonight on Bash U that he uses for his trailer for his chatterbaits? What were the three wow. Z-Man soft plastic baits that Jody Queen throws behind a chatterbait. Let's hear. It. I, I that's an amazing question, Riz, because I can come up with two. I can't think of the. I can't remember the third. It's one. Tricky. It, tricky. It is tricky. And we have a bonus question. It's a great question. What was the expiration date of this cheese that I just pulled out of the refrigerator up here in the studio <laughs> with all the blue spots on it? What was the expiration date of this cheese in the studio? <laughs> Pete, I, actually, I believe, uh, according to Richard's statistics, you brought this meat and this cheese to the studio, your first show wow. post-COVID. How many months ago? Two oh. years ago. Oh, my God. I can't believe that's still in the Wow, we have a winner already. Holy I crap. I would have ate the hell out of this. We have a winner. On the expiration date or the trivia question? No, the Rick? trivia question. This guy is a beast. <laughs> he must He must eat. He, 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 he tunes in, and I, I can't make it up because the message board is live, so there's no moderation. I can't, you know, cue, cue and release things here. This guy, this guy. This is going to be his third cash and rod. What? That he's won. No. I'm, I'm <laughs> not even kidding. Joe V, Joe Venuto, congratulations. The Razor Shads, the Diesel Minnow, and the Minnow Z. And 
the ah. aged the New York cheddar cheese and the pepper pepperoncini sticks. You're getting them as a bonus, <laughs> Joe V. Good, good job, Joe man. V. Wow. Well done, this guy man. is on. Thank his... you for watching. Dude. Oh, wait. For yeah, 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 yeah. Joe V. Joe V. Oh, wait. <laughs> There's a Dale V on the message board, too. But <laughs> Joe V, in fact, one. I think it's the same Joe V. It's, it's probably got to be. But Greg DePalma V. Good job, Joe. Mean, well bro? done. I don't know. Guy, bring, wow. guy brings it when the, when the money and the rods are on the line. No kidding. Man. He's tuning in. Well, it's a great show. It's, it's a lot of amazing information, um, you know, that we all learned tonight about the cold front situations and and uh, Jody Queen about uh, chatterbait fishing, kayak fishing, and uh, what what's available over there. It's it's uh, really a lot of fun. A lot of great input. GDP, Yo. thank you so much for all that. We still have a Facebook like and share. I'm I'm a uh, I'm I'm ready to say goodnight, and I remember that we've yeah. got a Facebook like and share. Yeah, that we're like, get like Rich is shortly. pulling that up, Pete. Uh, we were going to have Jeremiah say his name. You say his name. You say his name. Jeremiah. You say it. Je- Jeremiah Eads. That's right. Eads. <laughs> we were going to have him pop on real quick. So he was experiencing the same cold front situation that, or post frontal situations ah. in Indiana, and like Greg, uh, Jeremiah was the only one in Indiana that caught. Yeah. He was going to pop in and tell us all about how he figured it out. But we ran, okay. out, of, we ran out of time. This is your last <laughs> chance. Facebook guys, like and share. We've got a, we got a prize for you guys. And uh, Jeremiah, is Jeremiah ready? Oh, hell I no, dude. Him. I'm going to bed. I haven't eaten. We dinner. have a Facebook like We're and share here. winner. <laughs> <laughs> going home. Well, congrats to <laughs> Jeremiah for being one of the only guys in Indiana to catch him. The right. only guy. The yeah. only. <laughs> the <laughs> only guy. Congratulations. Say his Thank name, you, man. Pete. One more time. Eods. That's right. <laughs> Eods. Yeah, Wait till you hear this last gotta, name. For it's the... got to be your nickname. You got you to get that on your jersey now. Oh, yeah. And, well, like, and, you know. and, and congratulations to somebody else who just uh, announced that they're going to go fish in a certain league next year. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that next week. What? Oh, yeah. what? Tune huh? into a Bash You Live where we might be peeping some <laughs> some info on our boy JK the Hammer on his 2022 decision, right? The decision. What? The decision. The decision. Yes. LeBron James ain't got nothing on this, boy. <laughs> Let's just say we've come a, come a long hey. way since the uh, – January or February show where GDP asked me about what I was going to do this year. And I said, well, I think I'm just going to go back to the back of the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot has changed. And by the way, Google, well, if you scroll down after my Google search about Green Bay with the largest freshwater estuary, there's other things that bring up the Chesapeake Bay. So there is a Google war on who has the largest fresh freshwater and, estuary. And if you so type... Pete, He's not far off. Yeah, so if you type in your Google search Mike Iconelli tattoo and go down about ten, you'll find you'll find an interesting, interesting <laughs> picture. <laughs> I'll check that one out. Yeah. That just on uh, images? Yes. Google images, Mike Iconelli tattoo. Go down a bit. You'll find everything you 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 were looking for. Well, I invite everybody to do that in their spare time. <laughs> Let's go. And tonight's hey. Facebook like and share winner for the Bash <laughs> University podcast, Rob Wilworth, is not, no, it's not Rob. It's uh, it's Lance Lance, Lance McCorter, Lance McCorter, 
Kayak angler, nonetheless. Look, he's live right now. Yep. Kayak angler Lance McCorder. Congratulations. You won tonight's Facebook like and share. You got a $50 prize pack coming from all of our awesome sponsors at the Bash University. There it is. JK's got it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we need to close the show to. That is it. That is it. That That is beautiful. Brian the Carpenter, and he signed it. Whoever made that, hit me up. I don't remember. Yep. Spectacular. Awesome. Very nice. All right. (laughs) Is there anything else? BTC. Greg? No, please. Hey, thanks. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, GDP, thank you so much. Congratulations, uh, Appreciate you being there and yep. being part of Bash U. Thank you. And uh, yes. every, Riz, BTC, Professional Fishhead, what a great list. It was a great show. Really enjoyed everything. Uh, Jody Queen, thank you for being with us tonight. We're going to be back next Tuesday with a big announcement what? about our own Professional Fishhead, which already was announced. But we're going to dive in deep and uh, see what's going on with uh, – with Justin Kimmel, professional like fish head next week, Tuesday night, 7 p.m., Bash University Live. I'm Pete Gluzek. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you next week.